Welcome to Unscripted with Pastor Nate Morris. Here each week we engage in candid conversations with Nate, focusing in on some of the subjects brought up in the Sunday morning teaching shared at Mountain Life Calvary Chapel. This week in Unscripted, we're going to discuss the Jewish celebration of Purim and how remembering the faithfulness of God in the past gives us the ability to trust Him in the future. Let's join the conversation now. Hey, Nate, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm doing good. It's a little chilly here in the podcast room today. It is. It's. I, I saw the thermostat said 63 degrees, which is enough to need a, a hoodie. And I thought about turning on the heater, but then I thought the heater would be so loud over our podcast that maybe that wasn't a good idea. So we'll, <laughs> we'll brave the cold for you, our listeners. So. Just start a fire. There's some Kleenex here. Yeah. Kind of lighters. <laughs> Right. Um, all right. Well, excited to, to talk about our subject today based off of the teaching that you shared with us at church yesterday. Um, before we get into that, though, just something uh, kind of based off of that, you know, we're going to be talking about Purim. Did I say mm-hmm. correct? Yeah, I Not think so. Purim. Purim? <laughs> or Purim is the other way you can say it, apparently, but I thought I wouldn't share that one. <laughs> okay. So Purim, like a cat. Yeah, yep. Purim, uh, you talked about that. We looked at that in uh, Esther yesterday. And I was just curious, do you have a favorite holiday? Oh, a favorite holiday. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, Yes, I do have a favorite holiday. And uh, it's Christmas. Yeah, Christmas is my favorite holiday for sure. Why do you like that one so much? Well, this is kind of embarrassing because I am a pastor and it should be like the super religious spiritual reasons. And of course it is Jesus, right? It is, of course it's the birth of Christ and I wouldn't be as excited about the trappings of Christmas if it didn't involve (laughs) the birth of Christ, but I do really like the, the, the tradition and the, all of the, the festivity that goes around celebrating the birth of Christ. I like the, the lights. I like the, um, the special foods. I like the, the traditions that we as a family have set on Christmas day and how we read the scriptures and how we do the presents and how we do different things on Christmas Eve and different st- Christmas day. It just, mm. I don't know. There's just a lot to it that I really like. And it, it does all, all revolve around the birth of Christ and celebrating that. But, um, but part of it is just the amount of thought and effort we put into that for that specific holiday. So I, I might, I mean, I might feel the same way about Easter if we did the same stuff for Easter or, mm. but uh, Christmas is it. Yeah. How did you come up with your family traditions for Christmas? That's a good question. Um, so there are some things that maybe were passed down from my parents and what we did there. But when my wife and I got married, we decided we were going to set some of our own family traditions. Mm. So we were like, we want to establish what we do for Christmas. And so we, every year we buy an ornament that represents our year. So for, for Jen and I, we do an ornament. So that's like, uh, you know, de- depending on the year, we'd buy different things one year. I got to know what, what was the COVID year ornament? <laughs> oh yeah. That one was a good one. Was it a mask? No, it was not a mask. It was a <laughs> Christmas tree holding a mask in one hand and a bottle of hand sanitizer. No, it was teepee. It was holding teepee, I think in one hand or something like that and a bottle <laughs> of hand sanitizer in the other. It was wearing a mask, holding a teepee in one hand and hand sanitizer nice, in the other. Nice. Yeah. But it represents the year. And then we do the same for our kids. They each get to pick out one for them that they like for the year. And then, mm-hmm. um, there's just different, we have some different traditions that we do different things. So. Why, why did you guys, you and your wife 
make that decision, do you think? Like, why do you think that you wanted to formulate these traditions in your family? What was the purpose of that? I think it was just uh, uh, setting something to identify our celebration that we would come back to and look forward to every year. Like, oh, yeah, we got to do this. This is what we do, and this is fun. It's, a, it's, a, it's our way of celebrating um, the birth of Christ and what we you know, do at Christmas time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's, uh, I just thought it was an interesting question to kind of lead in, uh, get to know you a little bit better, but also uh, um, just based off of your teaching from yesterday, because uh, you, you took us through uh, Purim, and could you give us a quick recap, just kind of in case somebody didn't listen to that? Yeah, yeah, it was Esther chapter 9, and it's after the Jews had had their victory against their enemies. Haman had been put to death. Um, Esther and Mordecai had put in act this new law that gave the Jews the right to defend themselves. And the day had come and gone, uh, that was determined for their destruction, but they were able to defend themselves and they had victory on all fronts. And, um, what happened after that is they had this big day of celebration and different regions actually had it on a different day because they completed their victory on different days. And so they created a feast out of it, the feast of Purim. Um, where they celebrated for two days. They did two days in a row because, well, this region did one day, this day, why don't we just make it a two-day festival? <laughs> and um, they had a, a, a party that then they enacted as an annual tradition um, for in, pe- in perpetuity to celebrate the victory that they had won in this, uh, this whole situation that unfolded in Esther. So, And, and you shared with us, uh, could you share again, the, just like the purpose of wanting to do that, not just once, but to do it every year. Yeah, I think just to remind themselves of how God had worked in their life, how God had rescued them and redeemed them, that um, every year they could come back to that remembrance and think, yeah, this is what God did. He brought us through that incredible trial when we were all supposed to die. And, uh, And the amazing thing about that is it became this tradition that now still continues thousands of years later, um, just like the, all of the Jewish feasts do, um, celebrating the work of God and, and remembering the work of God. Yeah, they, I, we had some Jewish friends uh, when we were in California, and they celebrated uh, Purim every year. <laughs> I think I've always said it the other way. That's I've always said it the other way too. Careful. And so when I was studying for this, when I was studying for this, I was like, it, 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 I came across this, I was reading about the Feast of Purim and I came across a Jewish website describing the Feast of Purim. Okay. So this is, this is from Jewish sources. And of course it's changed over the years it, as Jewish tradition is handed down, but they said calling it Purim is a surefire giveaway that you're not Jewish <laughs> because you don't know what you're saying. So well, maybe I should keep doing it. Yeah. I mean, and we're Jewish. not Jewish. We don't need to pretend that we're Jewish, but it's either, there's a few different ways that are acceptable to pronounce it. It's Purim or Purim or Purim or Purim. Yeah. We'll go with and I thought Pur was a little better to share yeah. in church just to get the, <laughs> save us from the church giggles. So. Right. <laughs> Um, but yeah, they, they, our friends, they celebrated it and they invited us to celebrate it with them. And, mm-hmm. uh, they told us about just all the different things and stuff they, and they dress up yep. as, uh, the different characters of yeah. the story. And, and so which, which character would you dress up as? <laughs> you can't do Star Wars. I can't do Star Wars. No. Um, yeah, I don't know. I guess, I mean, I guess I would probably be bland vanilla and go Mordecai. 
But Mordecai, you know, kind of the hero good guy. Of the story. The good, I don't want to be the bad guy. Right. And the <laughs> king's some... kind of a jerk, so I don't really want to be him. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, he's a weirdo kind of, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the Jewish people, they have a lot of different feasts and festivals, like you mentioned, uh, that were instituted, some of them instituted by God. Mm-hmm. Uh, Purim is, is a little different because... Uh, some of those Jewish feasts and festivals, they they point back to what God had done, but they also pointed forward to uh, the Messiah, to, yeah. to Jesus, what God was going to do in the future and stuff. And uh, I, I've I enjoyed years ago really getting into studying through those different feasts and festivals and see what they are. My favorite one. Uh, of all of those is tabernacles mm-hmm. because it's basically like they they camp together for seven days yeah yep <laughs> you know, they they have their little booths that they they call them but you have to be able to see the stars through the roof yep. you know and and they all just hang out and 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 study god's word or read god's word together and it's just like a big uh your family camp out yeah totally <laughs> i just love god's the way he he gives us these things to do that we don't realize that we're just going to love, but um, so so really, kind of the the big point, the big takeaway from yesterday was um, the importance of remembering God's faithfulness mm-hmm. in the past to be able to help us uh, have faith in Him in the future. Yeah, uh, are there any things that you do personally? Uh, very like practical ways that you do that. Maybe somebody's listening and they they see the benefit of that, but they can't really think of how they could do that because we are forgetful creatures. You know, we yeah. we forget things really quick. I think that that association is really powerful. Um, and what I mean by that is associating a a, a, a thing or or a landmark or something like that with the work of God in your life. I think that the most powerful example I can think of with that is I remember when I was first really getting into pastoral ministry. I've been in ministry since I was in high school, really, but getting into like pastoral ministry as I was serving as, a, as an assistant pastor and feeling called, feeling led to go plant a church. And I wasn't really quite at the point of being like, I'm called, we're going to do this. It was just more like I was just feeling the stirring in my heart to go and plant a church and um, I had a young adults group. We were camping outside of uh, Crested Butte, Colorado. And uh, it was um, just, we were up, you know, kind of camping. And I, my son was six, like four weeks old, actually. Oh, <laughs> so wow. we took this group, my wife and I took this group camping and we we're like, well, we can't take a four week old camping <sighs> in middle of September. Cause it was like late September. Oh, it was gosh. cold. It was like 9,000 feet. Just not, not a good idea. So we, um, had worked it out with some people that we know they they had family that let us stay at their their house their their condo in Crested Butte while we were leading this camping trip with the young adults and so we were driving down from camp into the town of Crested Butte and if you know anything about Crested Butte it's a pretty it's it's a cool town it's a cool little mountain town but it's a dark town it's it's mm. very spiritually dark and we had actually my wife and I had spent uh, the summer before that we had gone down for a weekend just to be alone, the two of us kind of hang out. And while we were there, they were having this festival there in Crested Butte that I don't, I don't remember what it was called, but it was a pagan festival. And they, uh, and they proclaimed it as such. And everybody was dressed in all these kind of like pagan outfits and they were holding weird 
like spiritual events and they had a big parade and it was just, it was really yucky. Okay. And so we just, I, I knew this about Crested Butte and we were coming down from this, this, um, camping trip to go down drive to where we were going to stay in Crested Butte. And I remember it was dark and I could see we were coming down the hill and I could see the town below us. And I remember in my heart just having like judgment against mm. the, 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 the town. I was just thinking, man, this is a, man, what a dark town. And thinking about all the, 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 I mean, the witchcraft actually being practiced in this town and these pagan rituals and pagan things and crystals and all this stuff that was really very popular and just having judgment in my heart against this town. And I looked up and I saw the big dipper in the sky. And I remember as I saw it, it was the, the, the closest I've ever been to audibly hearing the voice of God. I didn't audibly hear the voice of God because my wife was with me in the car and she didn't hear it. But in my, in my mind, I heard God say to me, your job isn't to judge people. It's to feed them. I've called you to feed people. Mm. And the, the Big Dipper was like this image of that, right? Like scooping oh, up the, right, the food right. out of and, and feeding people. And uh, th that was really the moment that I really, more than any other, felt the call of God to be a, 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 a pastor, a preacher, a teacher of the word of God. Mm. And honestly, every time that I look up and I see the Big Dipper in the sky, mm. it's like a reminder to me. I mean, every single time that I see it, uh, like I'll be, you know, on vacation somewhere sitting in the hot tub and I look up and the, oh, there's the Big Dipper. Oh, yeah. I'm a, and, mm. and it's a good it's a good reminder at times because there's times when I just don't feel like doing what I'm called <laughs> to do. Right. I'll go on a walk and it's like, oh, yeah, there's the Big Dipper again. God's oh, faithful. Yeah. God's good, you know. Yeah. So I, that was a really long way of explaining this. But I think the um, for me, every time I think about the Big Dipper, it reminds me of God's faithfulness of where he's brought me from, of what he's brought me through, of how he's worked in my life. And so that association with that has been really powerful. Um, and there are other things like that that I've seen too, but uh, to not get into too many different things, I think if there's something that you have really seen God do or work in, deciding some way to associate that with something you're going to see regularly is I think really powerful. Uh, whether it's like you write the scripture verse up on your mirror, or put it on a sticky note, or whether it's you build something that represents that to you and you put it on your shelf or, mm. um, you know, I mean, Joshua in the message, I talked about how Joshua, God told him to put this big pile of 12 stones by the river. So every time they saw it, they would say, this is where God mm. dried up the Jordan river for us. I think that. For me, that association is a really powerful way to do that. So. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, I'm the Ebenezer. Yeah, um, another thing like that. We, uh, I have a a little stone on my nightstand that I, it's a like a black stone, and I wrote Psalm ninety one on it because that was the psalm that that I read the morning before I heard that I had cancer, and that God spoke to me to say you're not going to die of this cancer that they they're going to tell you that you're going to die of. And so, you know, just seeing that yeah, over and that's over, awesome. you know, every morning, every night, just a reminder of that for yeah. sure. We need those, you know, some people journal. I don't know if you're a journaler. Um, I, I've done that off and on over the years and I have not been doing that much recently. Although I did last year, I kind of wrote down, I had a moment last year when I thought I really, need something to be able to like there's going to come a time in my life where i'm not going to remember a lot of the things that god has done for me and i want to be able to look back on those but i also want my kids like 
if when I die and they go look through my stuff, I want them to be able to see mm. like, oh, that's cool. How did God work in in Dad's life? And see some of these things that God really did so powerfully. And so I started writing some of that stuff down on on a on a Word document on my computer. And I don't know that they'd ever find it. <laughs> but and so I'd have to figure out how to make that, you know, known or public or something. But um, but yeah, I, I have done a little bit of that. I don't do it regularly, just to be honest. So yeah. I'm the same way. I I tried journaling for a while and it was just like looking at the page trying to think of something to write you know and I don't do that but I do whenever big moments like when the Lord was calling us out of Louisiana to come here yeah you know like two three times a day I would be writing stuff down typing stuff in uh that I felt like God was saying so that I could look back at it and I, I think it's it's very important because we do forget so quickly yeah um how good God has been to us uh something that I wanted to ask you uh, from the teaching yesterday, you, you were speaking about um, putting, I really like this. You said, um, I, I quoted it. I don't have my notes with me. <laughs> um, but it was, when you put your fear on the foundation of God's faithfulness, your fear turns into faith. And I was like, oh, dang, that's good. That's tweetable. <laughs> I don't have Twitter. <laughs> okay. but, um, and... And you were talking about the foundation of God's faithfulness and how important it is that we build our lives on that foundation. And Jesus talks about that, you know, in Luke about the foundation of his teaching. But you were speaking more, uh, it seemed like you were speaking more about just that foundation of God's faithfulness. God has been faithful. Like that that be your foundation Mm -hmm. for how you build your life, not in opposition to what Jesus taught, obviously. Right, yeah. But um, what... How would you describe a person building their life on a foundation of God's faithfulness? Like you hear that terminology a lot of times in Christianity, but I was just thinking about like, what what would that mean to somebody who, you know, like, what, what do I do? How do I do that? Yeah. Yeah. I think the, the foundation of our life is really what we build everything else on right so if we're talking about our foundation of course we this this section of scripture you're talking about jesus in luke 6 uh, is talking about you know when we hear his words and do them we're building on the foundation of his truth and that that's very true and that, that there there are several different places that it talks about building with a foundation jesus talked about that paul also talked about this about building on the foundation of christ and whatever is built will be tested by fire and you know uh, if you've built with wood or hay or straw it might be burned up if you built with gold or silver it might stand the test but either way you're saved you know but as through fire the foundation remains that's that's what your salvation is so those are two different types of foundations that are talked about in scripture that really kind of go together um but that foundation that paul's talking about is a little bit more kind of what i'm getting at with that thought is that on I'm building my life, and it is the teachings of Christ too, so it does really go together, but I'm building my life on the foundation of God's love for me and knowing his love for me. And when I do that, when I, when I, when I rest everything else that I do upon knowing the character of God and what he thinks towards me and the fact that I am his child and I'm saved and I belong to him because of what Jesus did on the cross— Anything that I'm experiencing, I can go and 
put it on that foundation and say, well, I'm experiencing fear, but if I put that on the foundation of Jesus's love, Jesus's love overcomes that fear and it really transforms it into mm. faith because I start to see, well, even though this thing that's causing me fear right now, I, I see that there is reason for faith because I know that Jesus loves me and this is what he's shown me through his faithfulness mm -hmm. over the time of my life. And so fear then becomes faith or, or even like, you know, sin in a sense where we come with our sin to Christ and say, I, I can't do anything about this. And it, he says, oh, I already did something about it. And he gives us his righteousness in place. Right. And so mm -hmm. that foundation is really building our life on the fact that God loves you and, and building what you do in life on that fact, like just coming back to that trust in the fact that his love for you is the basis for everything else in life. Mm. You know, as you're talking about that right now, it just kind of just uh, provoked a thought in my mind of uh, maybe even thinking of it maybe as a filter, like mm -hmm. God's faithfulness yeah. is the filter that you push your thoughts through. Um, and like, you know, like fear or, anxiety or, or whatever it may be like can that get through the filter of god's faithfulness right um and come out the other side and still have that thought and if it can't get through that filter then like let that kind of filter out your thoughts that it's such a i think in our in our world today in our culture today the thought life you know is such a such a battleground for people and yeah. and how how is uh how does God's faithfulness and, and remembering specifically like what you were uh, really focusing on yesterday, remembering God's faithfulness, how can that help us have victory in our thought life when yeah. we're struggling with thoughts? Yeah. Uh, when we are intentional about remembering the ways that God has taken care of us. I think, I mean, early in my marriage, um, I was, you know, I was 20 years old when I got married. My wife was 19. In the first two years of our marriage, we were dirt poor. I think we were looking at our old taxes and we made like $18,000 total between the two of us. And um, there were times that we honestly didn't know how we were going to pay the rent. And then at an anonymous check would show up in the mail. And we weren't like going around telling people we needed money and stuff. We weren't going around saying we're financially struggling, but it would show up and it would be exactly the amount that we needed. Maybe they could tell because they could see your ribs. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally. But I, I think the, like looking back at that, it's like, man, God, God took care of that. Mm -hmm. You know, he took care of us in that time. And that was such, so faith building in those moments that when we face new difficulties that came up, it's like a bigger, different, different financial difficulty. It's like, okay, well, God's going to take care of it. God's going to be faithful. Um, and so when we build our lives, when we, when we, when we intentionally remind ourselves of the past, then we start to know that not only can we trust him to work in the future, but we can actually expect him to work in the future. Yeah because that's his character. And, and he's shown us his character through the scriptures, right? Mm -hmm. But a lot of times we don't really trust what, uh, this is. This sounds wrong, but it's actually truth. We don't trust what the scriptures say until we experience it a lot yeah. of times, you know? But when you see it in the scriptures and then you experience it in your life, you can know this is the character of God. Mm -hmm. I don't have to doubt 
this when I'm faced with this circumstance because I know that God's going to be faithful because he said that he's faithful. I see in the scriptures that he's faithful and I've experienced in my life that he's faithful. And so when this thing, whatever it is that's in front of me comes up, I can say, well, no, I, I know that God's going to move in this mm-hmm. somehow, you know, that, you know, I just feel like this point of remembering who God is and what he's done, uh, is just so key for us as human beings because you see it when you study through the Old Testament, you see time and time and time and time again where God is just like, you need to remember this. You need to remember this. Like you said, you know, he told Joshua to put up those stones, you know, just like over and over and over again. And, and it's so funny. You were talking earlier and the thought came into my mind, you know, the, the, the brass serpent, you know, that when they were all, you know, complaining and everything, and the serpents came and they're biting them, but they lifted up the snake on a pole, and yeah. if they looked at it, they would survive. And um, then they started worshiping the snake. Right. <laughs> you yeah, see totally. later on that then they're rebuked for worshiping the snake on the pole. It's like yeah. how we, we just convolute everything. <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh, and, and, and then you start worshiping the thing that was supposed to help you remember the God who did the thing. Yes. And, but I feel like it's so, so key and people dismiss it really quickly. Like, oh yeah, 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 we need to remember what God did. But I just, I feel like it's, it's really key to us being able to have a, a victorious, positive, enjoyable walk with the Lord. Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, I mean, I, the the kind of the the take home quote that I came up with for this Sunday was: if you don't remember, remind yourself how God has worked in the past, you won't expect Him to work in the future. And I think that when we find ourselves doubting whether He's going to work, that's a good sign that we might need to go back and look and remind ourselves of how He's worked in the past. Yeah, and and just how faithful He's been, and 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 that's why it's important to have those moments that we look at and say yes, this was something God did. And this is something that, that I can remind myself of that really shows the faithfulness of God. And it's, it's not just a trick that pastors came up with to help people have a better Christian life. This is God breathed, right? He is the one that came up with this. He knows us better than we know ourselves. And he's like, this is crucial and critical for you to be able to have a victorious, uh, walk with him is that you have to remember. And so, yeah. Awesome. Anything else that, that you wanted to share about yesterday? Did you want to say anything about my announcements? <laughs> um, what I'm trying to think here about your announcements. Right. I said, I said the F word. Oh yes, you did. You did not, say the F word. I just said literally the F word. Yeah. I forgot about that. Now that makes sense about why you would bring that up. Yeah, you said like I couldn't think of another F word. That's correct. Because it was because we were talking about our fall fun fest outreach. It's the F F F three F words in a row. <laughs> but you could Okay, now you just said it. But you couldn't think of another F word to add to it. So th- I'm actually very thankful that you didn't think of another F word and say it during church. But <laughs> oh, yeah. It's easier to teach than do announcements, I think. You might be right, actually. <laughs> announcements is really difficult because people really don't want to hear what you have to say some of the time. You know what I mean? They're just like zoning out, waiting for the teaching. <laughs> but, oh, man. All right. Well, great talking with you. And yes, please remember 
God's faithfulness. Uh, Very important for us. All right, we'll catch you next time. Thanks for joining us for today's conversation. If you'd like more material from Pastor Nate, you can go to pastornate.com. That's the word pastor, the letter N, and the number 8.com. And for more information about our church, you can connect with us through our website at mountainlife.church. Hope you can join us again next week as we continue the conversation. Mm -hmm.